Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to Bring the Juice, your official preview for the Colts' final preseason game of the 2021 season. Your guys, Cody Felger, Derek Larger here with you today. And guys, this is a really big week. Obviously, the Colts have, in a couple weeks, week number one, where it actually starts to count, where it actually matters what's happening on the field. And Derek, there's a lot of guys that are potentially vying for 53 spots, right? The Colts can only keep 53 guys on their active roster. They have over 80 right now. So they have a lot of cuts to go. You know, roughly 30 to 40 guys are not going to be on this final 53-man roster. So I thought we could kind of go there and kind of look at, like we always do with the preseason, you know, we can't really look at matchups we're watching because the Detroit Lions have said that they're not going to play their starters. Colts have said a lot of that as well. So we're just going to look at some guys and some positions that we're continuing to watch here in the last preseason game. Obviously, the Colts just wrapped up training camp on Wednesday, so now it's starting to get a little bit more real. And this next week after this game, the Colts will have no game. Then the week after, they start preparing for Seattle. So let's start there with some – we'll start with positions that we're really looking into here for the final preseason game before it really starts counting in week number one. Derek, what would be your first position you were watching? Well, I mean, I have to look at primarily the secondary here. That's the first position I'm looking at because, you know, like you said, with all these cuts coming out, you know, we've seen a lot of primarily safeties has been the thing, right? We we know kind of who the cornerbacks are going to be that we primarily think are going to make this roster. But on the back end of the safety group, you know, Andre Chakari and a couple of these other boys that have really been, you know, playing a lot of minutes in the preseason, unsure if any of them are going to surpass the two Sean Davises that we obviously know got acquired this offseason. So I think that's the big one for me. You know, I mean, obviously with Dan Campbell saying that most of the Lions starters are not going to play, practically all of them are not going to play. You know, the Colts said that they're most likely going to do relatively the same thing. It's good to see, you know, more game time action from these guys. And unsure if Andre's actually going to play or not. I know he was out there on the last practice with a non-contact red jersey on. Unsure as to whether or not he's actually going to get to play, which really hurts him. Because, you know, if he's not able to play then that hurts a guy like him who's really battling for that spot and has been doing a great job this offseason and the preseason of doing whatever he can to make it. You know, I'm, I'm really looking at the safety group here. I know the corners mostly, but I, I want to see who rounds out the rest of the safety group. I mean, you mentioned Sean Davis and Sean Davis. I mean, I think it was interesting when we were down at training camp on Tuesday, the last day for fans, Sean Davis from Florida, the rookie, he was getting a lot more action with those starters. I thought that was of note. 
that nobody really talked about with Andre Chikari being out. He got a lot more looks there. So you do got to wonder, does that bode well for him? And I, and, you know, George Odom as well. I mean, I think the Colts are going to keep him for special teams, but what is his role going to look like? You know, is it going to be more of just a special teams guy? Is it going to be more of actually seeing the field, maybe being that third safety? And then the other Sean Davis, who's had a, a couple nice days in a row of practice where a couple, a couple interceptions, I like him from a leadership standpoint. I think he can do a lot of things, but obviously leadership is one thing, but your play on the field is another. And it seems like he's been pretty good. So yeah, there's a lot of guys going for only a couple positions at the safety position. So I'm really intrigued by that. I think Derek, another one that I'm really intrigued by staying with the defense is that defensive end group. I mean, this has been a position all off season that we've been looking at all preseason we've been looking at. And, you know, some of these guys have started to show out a little bit. Ben Banigou, I thought, had a fantastic game last week. And I'm excited to see how he can continues to develop and continue to show out in these preseason games. I mean, credit where it's due for Ben Banigou. We said, just like we said with Taekwon Lewis the year before, if this guy doesn't have a strong training camp in preseason, he's probably going to be on the outside looking in for this defensive end group. And he's looked fantastic. He's put his head down. He's worked hard. He's grown a lot, it appears. And it's showing on the field. It really is. And also the other pass rushers, you know, Ture returned earlier this week to practice on Tuesday. So you got to wonder, okay, is he going to see some more action kind of getting up to speed there? He played a little bit in the preseason, but, you know, you got to wonder, are the Colts just going to be overly cautious with him? And then, you know, got Quiddy Pay, obviously. You don't know if he's going to start or not or if he's going to play in this game. We'll see. That's to be determined. And then some other guys at the back end of the roster, Al-Kadi Muhammad, you know, Isaac Rochelle. There's a lot of guys going for this defensive end group and some guys who are unfortunately going to be cut that I thought had some strong camps. What are you looking for from this defensive end group? Yeah, I mean, you said it. Just There's so many guys that have played at this defensive end group so far and have really shown out, you know, the guys on the back end of it are going to really benefit a lot. And, you know, one thing we didn't mention and what Reich had mentioned earlier in practice yesterday was that, they are, but and from what I've been seeing around a couple of people from Colts Twitter saying that Reich has actually been very... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Very impressed with Dio's recovery and with Fisher's recovery and expects both of them to actually return sooner rather than later. Now, remember, Dio was placed on the PUP list. So, you know, in order to keep him on the roster, somebody's going to have to get caught because, again, Dio, who we haven't seen at all, we know is making this team and we know, you know, is going to play later on. So again, is there another person that's the odd man out that we wouldn't expect to be caught? But since we know Dio is going to come in at some point sooner or later, you know, who else is going to get caught on the back end there? So yeah, a lot of great guys there, a lot of great performers in training camp so far this offseason. Really great to see that. I really don't know. I mean, I feel like Isaac Rochelle might have, might end up being an odd man out, you know, which kind of sucks because, you know, Rochelle has 
had a very productive preseason with us. And, you know, that could be a name to watch out for. You know, I, I feel Tyquan Lewis's uh, position is safe there because of his flexibility. But, you know, like you said, a bunch of guys that, you know, unfortunately are going to have to get cut because this defensive end group for the Indianapolis Colts is very deep. And, I mean, that's a good problem to have if you're Chris Ballard. Mm. Certainly is, especially we've seen how the lack of depth the last couple of years. So getting all these guys back and getting them healthy, I mean, this is the deepest I think this defensive end position's ever been, as long as I've been a Colts fan for sure. And that's been, you know, over a decade. So, yeah, I think I'm definitely intrigued with all of these defensive ends. And all these guys have a lot of high ceilings. I think most of the guys the Colts keep, you think they haven't reached their potential yet. But if they do, I mean, this defensive end group could be quickly turned into a major strength for this team. But let's stay with the line and let's move over to the offensive line, specifically at left tackle. We kind of already know left guard all the way to right tackle. But left tackle has been the issue this entire offseason. It's been the topic of conversation Obviously, the Colts, you mentioned Eric Fisher, who unfortunately actually just got put on the COVID list. So we'll see if that, you know, potentially pushes back his return time. Hopefully not. But, you know, right now the Colts have kind of been (laughs) cycling through all these offensive linemen they signed in the offseason. You remember they signed Sam Tevy. They they brought back Will Holden. You know, they also signed Julian Davenport. And it appears from what Frank Reich has said, Julian Davenport right now has the inside track on offensive line, on that offensive tackle room. That's crazy to even think about. <laughs> um, you, We talked about this entire offseason, how he was our least favorite signing of not just of these offensive linemen, but of the entire offseason. Mm-hmm. So for him to go out and do what he's done, you know, in the second preseason game and then really look pretty solid all the way through this past week, I mean, it's pretty awesome, actually. And Quentin Nelson has even said he looks really good out there. So a little bit of a surprise from Julian Davenport, but a welcome one to be sure. Yeah, I mean, this was the big surprise. I mean, this Julian had everything to lose, everything. So, you know, it, it was one of those things where he knew if he did not perform well, then things were probably not going to look good for him on the up and up. I mean, Sam Tevy, that was his job. That was his to lose, and he lost it. And all the and Will Holden, who we've seen come in at left tackle for us and play at other positions, we've seen what he's been able to do. We all thought for sure when a lot of people on the back end were like, oh, well, it's Will Holden's job now. We're we're assuming that right off the gate. But now, like you said, you saw the Vikings game and Julian Davenport, while he wasn't spectacular. He certainly was very effective in what he was able to do. And it was just enough to tell Coach Reich that, hey, I think we're comfortable enough saying Julian Davenport being over here, this big body left tackle, being able to hold off for long enough for our main left tackle to come back is the right decision. Hopefully it stays that way. And that's the other position I'm really looking forward to seeing in this preseason game. I'm hoping they allow Julian Davenport to get a few more snaps, uh, see what he's able to do, see if he can continue that progress that we saw from week one to week two of the preseason. And ultimately, you know, if we're sticking on the topics here of the of the line, Sam Tevy is another one that I could honestly see potentially getting cut. I mean, Sam Tevy has not looked good all offseason. There's been very little times where he's actually done something 
good that has rocked anyone's world. And, you know, Will Fries, the other guy on the other end, you know, he's been pancaking some guys. And, you know, we're already pretty full at that guard spot. You know, we talked about Chris Reed, Danny Pinter, and all those other boys. And Will Fries maybe moving as the backup right tackle doesn't seem out of the question. And Danny Pinter certainly has that experience. So does Sam Tevy be the odd man out here? Because he's looked like one of the worst offensive linemen we've seen in training camp so far. So is that a name that gets taken out? I don't know. Because remember, we're only keeping so many offensive linemen. And I mean, you know, you got Joey Hunt in there that you got to think of. You got to think of Will Holden. You got to think of Danny Pinter. You got to think of Chris Reed. Sam Tevy realistically could be the odd man out here. I mean, I think right now, if he continues to do what he's done, he definitely is. He's definitely getting cut. I mean, I don't think it's a question anymore. I mean, you're right. It's actually jarring how bad he's been. Like, we didn't think he'd be, we thought, okay, he's not going to be perfect, but we didn't think he'd be this bad. We didn't think, like, this is like a shock to everybody. I think the Colts, honestly, they thought he had a lot of potential. Like, he could grow and he could turn into a pretty serviceable tackle. He's just been the complete opposite. It's been kind of amazing. It's like Sam Tevy's been what we thought Julian Davenport's been, and Julian Davenport's been what we felt like Sam Tevy was going to be. It's so strange how that can change from when we initially sign him to when we actually see him on the field. So, yeah, that that tackle position is one I'm going to be definitely watching. And then just all the backup offensive linemen, too, to kind of see how this is going to round out because you got to wonder how many are the Colts going to keep? Are they going to keep eight? Are they going to keep nine? I think right in that range, because you know, you think you're five starters, right? You got to think Julian Davenport. You think they're going to probably keep Danny Pinter as well. And then you're like, okay, then you have Will Holden. You mentioned, you know, you have Joey Hunt, who's been your primary backup center, who I thought he's had some snap issues, but I thought he, I always thought he was a solid offensive lineman. You have Will Fries, who's looked pretty good in spurts. So it's going to be certainly interesting when the Colts cut down on Tuesday, how many offensive linemen they keep and which guys they keep. I'm really looking forward to that. And speaking of a position that the Colts are going to have to make some decisions and probably cut some guys, wide receiver is certainly one that a lot of people have been debating back and forth. Like, who is going to be in the last two positions, assuming the Colts keep six guys, a lot of people have kind of already penciled in Mike Strawn as at number five, but the question is number six right now, because there's a lot of guys for a lot of different reasons. You could make cases for them for making that six roster spot at wide receiver. You got obviously Ashton Doolin, who was that guy last year, more of a special teams guy. You got Desmond Patman, you know, you got other guys, Tariq Black, you know, just different dudes in that wide receiver room that you're like, well, could we make a case for them potentially to be the number six? What are your thoughts on this wide receiver room? Well, I mean, this game is going to be very important for that number six position group. If that ends up being the number that the Colts keep, you know, I mean, we've seen Desmond Patman all off season, especially in the games, in the game specifically, Desmond Patman has been the best wide receiver that we have had on the field at any time. When you look at it statistically and what they're able to do, Des Patman has been the best one. So, you know, you make a case for that one. And then you talk about Ashton Doolin, who really hasn't done a lot in the preseason. But then again, we kind of assumed going into the preseason that Doolin was just going to make up that lap, that fifth spot. But that may not be the case anymore. And then, you know, Vaughn's is out there making plays. Tariq Black's out there making plays. 
And then you have DeMichael Harris on the back end too. You like what he brings in an, in a spread out offensive scheme. It, it's very difficult for, you know, the Colts. And if Des Patman goes out and has another good game on Friday, then I think it makes it even more difficult for them because, you know, it, it, you're, you're leaving one man out unless you do decide seven receivers is the number, which I highly doubt they do mm-hmm. because you're leaving one talented guy out. You're leaving another talented guy out. It, it, it's a lose, lose situation for either way that you go. But I mean, either way Colts are going to put that guy in with the best situation possible. I just have a feeling that this last preseason game for Patman, especially is the biggest game of his young career so far because it has the potential to get him a spot on this roster yeah i always have to go back to the argument though of special teams like i know he's been playing gunner but let's be honest ashton Doolin's a better gunner than him right now i mean that's not for debate i don't think because he just started playing it i know that everybody likes to go with the guy who performs in the preseason i do think there's a chance for sure that patman goes to the practice squad right? And then gets protected on the practice squad. I think that's probably the route the Colts are going to go personally, because I, you're right. I like what Desmond Patman has done. I really do. I think he's been really strong this camp and then this preseason, but I just got to think, you know, they're going to rotate. They're going to kind of tweak it. I feel like week to week with that guy, with that number six wide receiver, because there are some games where maybe you do like him, you know, if there's an injury that comes up, okay. All right. Desmond Patman, your turn to your time to shine, you know, and when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also, if you're healthy, maybe it's more of we feel like Ashton Doolin gives us a better chance to win from a field position standpoint on special teams. I mean, we can debate this all day long until we're blue in the face, but I think regardless, you're right. Desmond Patman's going to, if he has another good game, it's certainly going to make things interesting. I really agree with you there. But let's also move to we got to end with the quarterback position. I think we just have to. I mean, Big debate all all offseason, especially with Carson Wentz going out. Now, fortunately, Wentz came back earlier this week. Looks like he's probably, unless there's a setback, going to be good to go for week number one. So kind of the Ellinger versus Eason talk has died down this week, which, <laughs> thank goodness, I'm sick sick and tired of people I, going after I can't after wait until Carson Wentz starts week one. If he does, I said to people, I am going to create a video that a lot of you Carson haters did not are not going to like. And I can't wait to do that if indeed it actually ends up being a reality. I'm not, I'm going to wait because I obviously don't know because God might play a cruel joke on me. So I I, I don't want to take any chances on that. But yeah, Carson being back has been great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's all indications. Like he came back earlier than anybody. Thought. Oh, yeah. everybody thought next week he'd come back and even probably be more limited than he was this week. Way so, more limited. Way, way more. more. I mean, the dude didn't even look like we said it didn't even look like he like had a foot injury. Like yeah. if you would have told me, you would have never, you would have told me like, if you look at all the quarterbacks and say, which quarterback do you think has surgery? Carson Wentz would have probably been the last guy I would have told you honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this dude had a, this dude had a bone removed. This dude had a yeah. bone removed and he's still out there now 
three weeks to the day and out there running, you know, making cuts, doing every single drill that the quarterbacks are doing. I mean, the only reason he's not a full participant is because the Colts are just not wanting to throw him in the 11 on 11s yet because they just don't want to take the chance on someone stepping on his foot. So, you know, like, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you would have never thought if you had never been told that he had an injury or had a surgery three weeks prior, you never would have thought he did. You wouldn't have thought so. No. And, you, know what, you know what's hilarious, too? Wentz wanted to come back even earlier, but the Colts like held him out. They're like, just chill, man. Just chill. I know you want to be out there. But he came back early, and man, the doc to the doctor who did both his and Quentin Nelson's foot, give this man a that raise. That man's about to be raised. He's that dude's about to get a raise. He's about to see every single person who needs to get required a foot surgery going to that man right there. So I mean it's I want to get his name. I, I really want to get his name so I don't uh so I give him the proper credit that he deserves, man. I, I don't have it pulled up. I should have. But my fault on that one, guys. But hey, shout out to Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson's foot doctor. I mean, if I ever have a foot injury, that's the dude I'm going to. Oh, yeah, totally. And you know, when it comes to the Easton and Ellinger topic, you know, I mean, Cody, I guess the other thing um to kind of talk about it. Obviously, this game is very important because, you know, it kind of to it shows again, you know, more of what direction these guys are headed in. But Again, still very unfortunate that no starters are playing. So again, we only get a small little fragment of understanding as to where these guys are at specifically. But I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying the Colts aren't going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, Do you believe that or do you think that they are going to keep Ellinger on the roster? That's a good question. I personally think they're going to keep three at first. I do. I think just because of that injury, you're just like, just in case something goes awry, uh, we're going to have some insurance there. And I think if Wentz looks good week two, week three, maybe you relegate Sam Ellinger or whoever it is to the practice squad. I do think right now, if I'm choosing it, Sam Ellinger, but you know, based off of what I've seen, I think he's been slightly not as good as Jacob Eason. And again, that might get some people riled up, but from my objective opinion, I do think that's the case. And I do think uh, Eason right now is a number two quarterback. So, you know, if it is Ellinger at number three or if it is Eason at number three, yeah, I do think that they'll keep three to start. But I do think there's a very good possibility maybe, especially if some injuries come up, you know, they, they put him to the practice squad and they address those positions. So that's just my opinion. I mean, you could have a different opinion than me, but that makes the most sense in my mind. I think they do at least. I mean, they're definitely going to keep Ellinger around and not give him a chance to go away because – you know, especially with COVID, the way that this kind of situation is now. I mean, we've seen a couple times over this last year how COVID can kind of ruin a lot of quarterback situations. We saw it with Denver when one quarterback got it and then all the others were close contact and they kept every single one of their quarterbacks out. So, you know, if Ellinger if it happens to end up being the guy that needs to go out there because Eason and or Wentz, either go down with an injury or COVID related issue, then, you know, again, you need to have that insurance. So, you know, mm-hmm. and with the way it is now, of course you need to make sure that you keep all those spots. Oh yeah. Do you see nine players from Tennessee have yeah. COVID now? Nine. Yeah. I was going to mention that. That included like, Ryan Tannehill and co- head coach Mike Vrabel. Now, of course it's two weeks till the regular season. Most like, I, I mean, I assume that, 
almost all of them are vaccinated at this point. So the NFL will probably say, oh, well, you're out for five to seven days, however long it takes for them to go through this crap. And then they'll, they'll be back. So, I mean, you know, not as big a news as it would be if this was two weeks later. So, you know, but it's still crazy nonetheless. Yeah, you're right though. Like you don't want to have to start a wide receiver like Denver did last year. You know, you don't want Zach Pascal out there week number one as your starting quarterback. Even though he he threw a ball to Naheem Hines before, it was a good ball. Hines just didn't see it. Okay, so Pascal well, can throw, be quarterback. Okay, okay, but as your <laughs> starting quarterback, uh, no, <laughs> I'm <sorry>. but no. <laughs> All right, well, cool. Um, let's let's end this, Derek, by talking about our top five guys that we are watching. In this third preseason game, to wrap it up here, I will let you go first. Who are your five guys that you're really looking for and really looking at this week? Uh, Sam Ellinger is the one. I want to see what he's able to do bouncing back from those two interceptions that he had week two. Desmond Patman is another guy that I really want to see. I mean, again, like I said, this week could be make or break for him, depending on what happens. Uh, Sam Tevy, another name that I need to watch because... Again, his job might be, he might be the odd man out here. You know, we Mm -hmm. thought that he was a shoe to be the left tackle going into this season for a few weeks, but now this dude might potentially be the odd man out and, and exiting this roster. Uh, And then another defensive end, Isaac Rochelle. I think Rochelle needs to have a big week because again, he's on the cusp, even as good as he's been. I need to see more of him. And I mean, I'm really, I don't know how many guys I can mix into the safety room, but like I said, from the very beginning, I think the safety room is a very important one for me to look at here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, I think definitely Ellinger and Eason, just the quarterback room. Sorry, we're kind of breaking our own rules here, but hey, (laughs) it's our podcast. We do what we want. Exactly. Uh, So yeah, yeah, that one, I think Granson is one I'm looking towards. I don't know if he's going to play, but I want to see him respond from week number two, where I honestly thought he had a poor game. He dropped a couple passes he should have caught. There's debate on whether one of them was behind him or whatever, but you got to catch those, you know? So I'm just, I'm looking to see how he responded. I thought he had a really good week of camp from what I heard. I'm also looking at, yes, Sam Tevy, but also Julian Davenport. I do think he'll see some looks here in week number three, just because you want to get him more snaps, get him more comfortable at left tackle as your entrenched starter. So if he plays, I'm really looking forward to him. If not, whoever is that starting tackle there on the left side. I think Banagoo as well, because he's looked really strong. I want to see him do it again, continue to build. And then also I'm really intrigued. You mentioned the safety room, so I won't mention that. But the other corners, whoever those are that are starting, I don't know if Rock's going to play. He may or may not. We'll see. But, you know, guys like Marvell Tell, Isaiah Rogers. Isaiah Rogers, know, the big one for me. Yeah, even, even like Holton Hill, who the Colts signed a couple weeks ago at the start of camp. I'm intrigued to see how some of these guys play. So those are kind of my positions. And we can't talk about kicker anymore because Hot Rod's the starter. I mean, he's the entrenched guy for year number two for him. So, all right. Well, that'll do it, guys, for our look at week number three. We're going to, after this game, the Colts are going to have a week of just practice. Then they'll have the week leading up to week number one, the beginning of the regular season. So we are going to have you guys covered. We have a ton of video ideas coming up that we've kind of just pushed back with camp that we're going to just dive into these next couple weeks. So really hope you guys will tune in for that and also check out our preview that's going to come out here probably the week of week number one, either Wednesday or Thursday. Not sure exactly yet, but I'll let you guys know on that. But 
that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all your support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Yeah.